hold this together. My tummy was rumbling while I was sat there looking at it, and I could smell it. It smells so sweet and so lovely. So we will be coming to this in a moment. Um, so my preach today is um, coming to the table. So come to the table. Um, so it's Psalm 23, verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me. Jesus prepares a table before us, and it's an open invitation for each and every one of us to come to Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, to have fellowship with Jesus, to encounter him, and to be touched by him. My mum, she has this open invitation in Whitby. She lives in Whitby, which is a really nice place to to have a mum that has an open invitation where you can go and visit and enjoy the sea. So all I had to do is phone her and say, me and the family have come in, and she'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever, we rock up, we stay, we can stay as long as we like, and we really enjoy our time together there. In fact, if we stay there longer, she actually really loves it. Um, We have this kind of invitation from our Father in heaven. It's an open invitation that we can come to him whenever we want to. We can stay with him for as long as we want, which is an amazing invitation. When we become children of God, we become part of the family of God. And we have this open invitation to come to the Father, and he loves it when we come and we respond to him and come. It was so lovely at Easter when um, my two older kids, who are away at the moment, studying, it was so lovely when they came home for Easter And they planned together when to come because they wanted to be there at the same time. And it was so lovely to have us all there together as a family. And I love it when we all come together as a family. And even when, like, um, the cat all come together as a family and just, like, one of them come, I just enjoy spending time with one as well. And this is what it's like when we come to the Father. You know, when we like this as a community, we can come to the Father as a family of God We can enjoy the Father as a family, but also we can come to the Father when we're on our own, in our own intimate times as well. There's something around um, um, gathering around a table and taking time to to think about what to prepare for, for the occasion for those who were there. I tried to prepare something when my kids come home and we're all together there as a family that I know that everyone will enjoy. And I prepare something that that they will enjoy, that they will look forward to, but I'll also put some stuff on there that's going to be good for them, that's going to help them, build them, make them strong, you know. So being around the table is this lovely moment we can be together, catch up, talk about what's going on, laugh, cry, make plans together, Oh, we just enjoy being in each other's company. The Lord prepares a table before us. And he prepares a table before us so that we are revived, refreshed, replenished. Isn't that lovely? In Song of Solomon, it says this, Song of Solomon 2, verse 4 to 5. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. Strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. As the children of God, 
whether we are together like this or on our own, we are welcome to come to the Father. And he prepared a table for us so that we will be revived, refreshed, replenished. A table full of all that will give us joy, that will satisfy us, that will do us good, that will build us up, that gives us strength and build our resilience. And the invitation is open. So we can come when we want, stay as long as we want, and leave when we want. And this is a beautiful invitation because life can be really hard. Can't it? Can it be difficult sometimes? It can be tough sometimes. And so to have this invitation where we can be refreshed and revived and replenished, it's so precious. And we need to be revived sometimes, especially when we are disheartened, discouraged. We feel like we are close to breaking point. We need to be refreshed sometimes, especially when we feel lifeless, exhausted, worn out. We need to be replenished sometimes, especially when we feel empty or that we have nothing left, finished, all spent. We are just coming out of a terrible pandemic and many of us are exhausted. And getting back to a good rhythm of life, church, family, work life, life commitments can be really difficult for us. For some, the pandemic was a great opportunity to start to, to learn new things or start new things, take a break or get into a really great healthy way of living. But for others, it was a time of great loss of different things, opportunities, loss, opportunities missed. And maybe we found ourselves more disconnected than ever. Maybe we're finding ourselves more alone or isolated. I wonder if we're more busier than what we were, than we ever were before. And maybe we have got so caught up in the busyness of life that we no longer have space to slow down, take a breather, and just be. Just be with people and just be with God. We are having to work out new ways of how to form friendships and relationships and introducing ourselves to new people. And it can be a little bit awkward. What do we do? Do we shake hands? Do we hug? Do we stand back? Am I going to offend them if I'm too close to them? It's all so confusing. And it's like, God, I don't even know what to do anymore. And do you remember when we were allowed to start wearing masks again, when we um, started worshipping, when, when we were allowed to not have to wear masks again when we were worshipping? It was so lovely seeing everyone's smiley faces and, and um, worshipping God and, and actually coming together and worshipping God together and being able to see people's faces actually brings life to our souls. It refreshes us when we can be together and we can see each other and see each other smile. There's something refreshing about that. But whatever the pandemic was for any of us, it will have affected us in some way. And maybe it won't be for months before we, we come to realize how much. But there is a place that, we, that's, that, there, that is there for us. A place that we are invited to. It's a place that's been prepared for us so that we can be refreshed, revived, replenished, 
So I'm going to turn to Psalm 23. Many of you already know what, the, what psalm this is, I imagine. Very well-known psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. So this morning, the invitation goes out to each and every one of you to follow the good shepherd who leads us, who comforts us, who guides us, who empowers us. The invitation is to, to be led by the Lord so that we can be revived, refreshed, and replenished. And whether you are disheartened, discouraged, feel close to breaking point, whether you feel lifeless, exhausted, worn out, whether you feel empty, or that you have nothing left to give, you feel finished, all spent, the Lord is inviting you to come. And there is this open invitation to the Lord where he will refresh your soul. The invitation is for you, and it's up to you to RSVP. Any way that you want, whether you accept or whether you say, no, not for me. Do you know, it's up to you. No one's going to force you. No one's going to force you, whether you decide to come or not. But it is an invitation to be refreshed, to find rest, to get what you need, to find guidance, to be anointed. I heard this phrase this week, which I thought was really interesting I don't know if any of you have heard this, but here it goes. It says, if you don't have time to rest, then what are you a slave to? When the people of God were in Egypt, in slavery, they were never allowed to rest. They would work all day, seven days a week, and they would be constantly whipped and told to get on with their work and told that they were lazy and told that they need to keep producing more and they were driven by the slave masters to, to keep on going, to produce more, to do more. But when they were set into freedom and they came out of Egypt, out of slavery, and um, God gave these commandments to them, and he said to them, on the sixth, sixth days you will work, and on the seventh day you will rest. When we accept God's invitation, he sets us free from the taskmaster that beats us and tells us that we are no good. 
that we have to be better. We have to do better. We have to achieve more. If you don't have time to rest in God, what are you a slave to? It's worth thinking about. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. When we can't see what's ahead, or we're afraid of what's ahead, we are not alone. He is with us, and he leads us through those moments. It's so comforting to know that even though we walk through those darkest moments, we don't stay there. It sometimes feels like these darkest moments, they're just lasting forever. They just keep on going. It just doesn't seem to be an end. But it won't last forever. It will come to an end. And the whole time, he is with us, giving us peace, giving us strength, giving us hope. We are blessed because there is hope and peace that passes all understanding as we walk through the storms of life. His rod and staff, they comfort us. He protects us with the rod. The shepherd's rod has a hook on it so that it protects the sheep from danger. So if they start going into danger, the, the shepherd would get the hook on the rod and push it, pull it back into safety. But the rod was also a weapon that would hit the enemy or destroy the enemy or scare the enemy away. In John 10, it says that, that Jesus is the good shepherd. He does not run away when, when things get tough or things get hard. He does not run away. But in fact, what he does, he protects. He lays down his life to protect us. That's how much he protects us and walks with us. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Don't you just love that he prepares a table for you? It's as if that we are invited to this tailor-made table. We're there and he's there preparing this table while we're there with him. Many of us will know that what it's like to prepare a table, especially some special event like a birthday or anniversary or Christmas or maybe some romantic meal or some meal with some great friends. We, we take time, we think about what do we need, what will make it look good, what will make it taste good. We may find out some of the things that they like or they don't like and we prepare a table for the occasion. We can sit at the table he has prepared for us, full of all that is delicious, all that fills us, all that makes us content is at this table. There is healing, there is hope, there is life restored, there is blessing. There's something about the Lord preparing the table in the midst of our enemies. It seems strange, doesn't it, to, to be thinking of sitting at a table with our enemies watching. That seems strange. It doesn't feel relaxing or fun, that, does it? Who are these enemies that can see us? It's the spiritual forces that will try to steal, kill, and destroy your faith in God. Your identity as a child of God, as a precious, loved child of God. Spiritual forces that will steal, kill, and destroy your hope of a future. 
get in the way of you pursuing righteousness and holiness, make you feel worthless, ashamed, full of guilt. And the Lord sees the circumstances that you are facing and prepares a table before you in the midst of your enemies. He knows what you need. He knows what you're struggling. And he puts exactly on everything on the table that will give you strength, that will give you peace, that will give you hope, that will revive you, that will make you strong and resilient. I imagine that as he prepares the table in the midst of my enemies, my enemies are like, no, don't give Judith that. That will encourage her. Don't give Judith that. That will make her strong. Don't give Judith that. I've been wearing her down. And that will just give her self-confidence. And that will just make her feel hopeful. That will make her feel like, great. Don't give Judith that. That's what I imagine the enemy doing when he's preparing the table before me. And he's anointing us with oil. Now, those of you who are regular amongst us will know that we've been spending a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's because without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to live this Christian life. It's not possible to be a child of God. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do all the things that God has created us for. So it's not surprising that when we come to the table that he anoints us, he anoints our head with oil. The Holy Spirit anoints us and empowers us to be the children of God. And at the table, he pours himself out over us, fills us with himself. We are anointed with the Holy Spirit power presence. I was thinking about being anointed with the oil in the presence of our enemies. I'm getting into this because I think it's great. <laughs> and I was thinking that that must make the devil really, really mad. I bet he's like hiding behind the sofa because he can't look as he's getting out the anointing oil and pouring it over your head and anointing you with joy, anointing you with gifting, anointing you for the purposes of God pouring out his spirit upon you and the enemy sees it he sees that you have been anointed as a child of God that God is claiming you as his children as he's pouring out his oil upon you the enemy sees that and he's like no our cup overflows at the table we are never lacking anything because the cup never becomes empty. Jesus says that whoever comes to me will never be thirsty. He promises us that we will be content, satisfied, fulfilled when we sit at his table. We were never meant to ask God to, to fill us. We were meant to ask God to overfill us, to let it spill out. Because the more he blesses us, the more we can be a blessing. God gives us an abundance so that we can be a blessing to everybody else. So that we can be an encouragement. So that we can be a comforter. He blesses us. He anoints us. Gives us power in his presence. I think God lays this table 
in the presence of our enemies because he wants our enemies to see that God is saying, you are my child. You are anointed. They are empowered, blessed, and protected. It's like God rubbing his goodness, his empowerment, the blessing towards his children in the faces of our enemies. Our enemies can see that we have all that we need to be strong. Our enemies can see that we have all that we need to have authority. Our enemy can see that there is no shame or guilt that has a hold over you. No shame or guilt has a hold over you. Our enemy can see Jesus fellowshipping with us, giving us all that we need to be the children of God, to live our lives as powerful, purposeful, fruitful children. You are invited to come to the table to fellowship with Jesus, to be refreshed, to come when you want to, stay as long as you want. So three things I observed from um, coming to the table that we get from coming to the table. Dwellers, refreshed, revived and replenished. First one was freedom. So 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says, Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When we receive and accept Jesus into our hearts and lives as our Lord and Savior, the veil is taken away so that we can contemplate Jesus. We can contemplate and see him and know him and see his glory. And then we are being transformed by that. He changes us. He works in our lives. No longer are we under the slave master of this world. And rather than being beaten and driven by slave masters to be busy, always driven to achieve more, being restless, we are set free from all of that. And as we follow the one who leads us into green pastures, as we follow the one who refreshes and revives our soul, we become less like the world in which we live and more like Christ who lives in us. Fruitfulness is the second thing I observe that happens when we come to the table. As we are transformed into his image, we become more like him in this world. The evidence of this is our fruitfulness the fruits that we are displaying in our lives. The Bible says that the fruit we produce in our lives is dependent upon whether we live by the Spirit or whether we live rejecting God. For instance, in the book of Galatians, in the message translation of the Bible, it says that when we don't live by the Spirit, the fruit we produce can look a bit like this. 
sexual relations outside of marriage, impurity, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, or the fruit we produce when we live by the Spirit looks like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, a willingness to stick with things, kindness, looking out for one another, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction to pursue holiness, not needing to force our way in life, able to direct our energies wisely. So we all know the NIV translation of the Bible where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So in the NIV version, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. But any of us can have habits, bad habits in our lives, sin in our lives. But when we come to the table and he anoints our head with oil so that we can live by the Spirit. We can't do this without the Spirit. We can't live a holy life without the Holy Spirit. So we need his anointing so that we can be fruitful. The third thing I observed was about coming to the table was fellowship. We're fellowshipping with the Father, with the Son, the Holy Spirit. God wants to fellowship with you. God wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you, give you what you need encourage you, give your life in all its fullness. God actually enjoys spending time with you and he wants you to come. That's why he has this open invitation because he wants to fellowship with you. When we come to the table, we are fellowshipping with our heavenly father who loves us. Jesus, our savior, the Holy Spirit who empowers us. So how do we come to the table? We can come to the table in our praise and worship, glorifying God and just those intimate times we can come to the table. Maybe freshes us, revives us, replenishes us. When we come to the table, we can do it by reopening the pages of our Bible and we read the scriptures and see the truth and we're being transformed by the word of God and it touches our soul and we keep be refreshed. We come to the table when we gather together like this or in our connect groups. He's there. And when we're present with one another, we can encourage one another, we can speak words of life to one another. We can challenge one another and provoke one another. We can pray with one another. We can be restored with one another, accepted with one another. We find our value and worth when we feel part of a body of people that will accept us and love us and encourage us. We come to the table when we have communion with one another. 
bread and wine as we remember what Jesus has done for us. And this is an open invitation for all of us to come to the table. Can we have the band come up ready? So if you feel disheartened, discouraged, feel close to breaking point, come to the table and be revived. If you feel lifeless, exhausted, worn out, come to the table and be refreshed. If you feel empty, or that you have nothing left to give, finished or spent, come to the table and be replenished. Whatever you need right now, whether it is to know that you are loved or that you want to be rescued and saved, healed, empowered, maybe you, want, maybe you need wisdom, provision, whatever it is, Take time to come and fellowship with your Lord, Saviour, Provider. We have a table set out here for this morning um, so that we can come to it and it just signifies something. And there's like little cups of juice so you can take one of those and it represents the, the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us on the cross. And then there's the bread that represents his body that was broken for us so that we can come to him, that we can know him, so that we can know healing and being restored. And then there's this fruit here to help us to think about and ask the Holy Spirit, where in my life, Holy Spirit, do I need to be more fruitful? Where in my life, Holy Spirit, do I need to pursue you, to pursue righteousness? And holiness where in my life Lord God have you where you've poured out yourself and you've given me giftings and I'm not using that gifting and Holy Spirit I just need a fresh and filling of your spirit and even though this is here today and we can come today and we can just really enjoy this and just fellowship with the Lord you know you can do this at home too you don't have to have all this stuff to do it. You can just go to your Lord and you just say, Lord, I just need your presence right now. I need to come to your table and fellowship with you. I need to know, Lord God, all the things that you have for me. Remind me, God. Strengthen me. Anoint my head with oil and let my cup overflow. It's an open invitation, and we can do that any time.